All right. Uh, so before we get going, uh, I always ask, is there anything that we shouldn't talk about? Uh, we can't go like too in depth on the SpaceX stuff. Okay. I'm not allowed to like represent the company. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, can I talk about it or can I ask about it like briefly? Yeah, I mean, we can say like that I that I work there or whatever, but yeah. I just can't really like say anything that would come across as like me making a statement for the company. Yeah, no, like that's that. understandable. Yeah. Uh, and then if we do accidentally say anything that you want me to take out, uh, uh. feel free to take a pause. Uh, or even if you just remember at the end, just let me know and then I'll take it out. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. <clears throat> Give me one second. Two, three. All right. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Danny Frank's Walks of Life. I'm joined by the Jeff Terman. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Danny. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Um, we are actually here in your brand new house in Pomona, California, uh, sitting in the backyard. It's a nice, lovely summer day. Thank you for having me back here, man. Um, before we get going, can you tell everybody your name and a little bit about you know what you do, your background? Sure. Uh, well, I, I am Jeff Terman. Uh, I am a stand-up comic. I'm trying to remember what I wrote on my Instagram profile. <laughs> I'm a stand-up comic, a uh, rocket ship builder, and a history nerd. <laughs> Rock on. That's a powerful trio. That's me. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, when you say you're a rocket ship builder, uh, we don't have to go into it really, but um, explain that to everybody. Because when I, when I came in, you were actually sitting down watching uh, something returning back to Earth. Yeah. And that's from the company you work for, right? Yeah, it was a big moment today for uh, for SpaceX, which is you know where I work, and uh, we had a our first crewed mission came back today, so that was pretty exciting historical moment for our company. It was awesome. Right on, dude. Yeah, it's nice to see that we're back in the space game in general, uh, regardless of who the company is. Like, it's awesome that we might actually see people going to Mars in our lifetime. Yeah, dude, it's uh, crazy. If not more, right? Like. And we were just talking about like how insane it is uh, to come back from space, or how mu insane it must be. Like you haven't been using your legs in X amount of days, <laughs> and like you haven't been pooping and wiping like you normally would. Like it's got to be weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's super weird. But like, do you think you could ever be an astronaut? I wanted to go. Like that was a uh, like a childhood dream of mine. I was really to, yeah, big time. Like. Uh, I kind of kept it a secret because I was a little embarrassed once, once I got older. But, like, I went to space camp when I was a kid. No way. All that, yeah, dude. I, I wanted to be an astronaut bad. Like, no bad. way. I, I never knew this, man. Yeah. Have well, you talked about this on stage? No, I haven't. You know what? I, I, Why not, I, man? There's a lot here, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I need to sit down and do some writing exercises right, with it or right. something. But it's, like, every time I've tried to incorporate something about it, just wasn't able to make it make well, it something that hit for me so well what was space camp like when you were growing up uh i mean it was a little weird because i was a kid i was like 10 yeah and i went with my dad so it was like uh you know it wasn't like one of these things where you're like 12 or 13 and you're off on your own and it's like just you and a bunch of kids like wreaking havoc and doing whatever like it was a little different because everybody was with a parent so you know it's a uh, it was just like a, a different kind of experience than maybe like uh you might you might have uh, thought about from you know, whatever you saw in TV or magazines or whatever. Right on. And like, did you meet cool people? Did you do cool activities? Like oh yeah. Yeah, dude, it was dope. They're like, uh, there was, what did we did some model rocket building. We did um, a bunch of training, a bunch of little exercises. And then the whole thing culminated in uh, these like mock missions that, uh, that we, we crewed. So you did two missions, one where you were, like mock flight crew so everybody had a role on, on like at that time it was still space shuttle everything was space shuttle so we did a mock crewed mission and then you did one as like mock ground crew so then you had a different role or you know your roles like corresponded in some way but you just flip places with somebody that's crazy man and like did you have like a preferred position that you wanted to play or i was dope i was a i was like a mission specialist on on our mock flight which was awesome because I got to do the, uh, the, they called it an EVA, an extravehicular activity. So I got to do like a, a faux spacewalk. That's cool, man. It was pretty cool. Yeah. 
That's right. So, and when you say a faux spacewalk, it includes like faux anti-gravity, I imagine. <laughs> kind of. What they did was they like strapped you into this kind of a chair deal. Uh, like sort of a, sort of like looks a little bit like gym equipment, but uh, what it was was this, uh, this chair that you're, you're sitting on. Um, and it, I think it was on some kind of an airbag or something. Cool. And then there was like a, the instructor would be behind you and kind of guide the thing. So it wasn't going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you had some sort of control over it, but it was mostly like steered around like by the instructor with you kind of like guiding the thing along with, a. Yeah, see, now I'm struggling to remember. This was what? Almost 30 years ago. Dude, I'm fucking old. <laughs> hey, dude, it's, it happens. I, I'm in my 30s, too, and it's cool. And how awesome is it that you even remember going there? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we, we got plenty of time to lose our minds. But, oh, yeah. It's um, happening all the time. Yeah. Like, is camp even a thing anymore? Like, I'm not even sure. Like, like my nephew's never considered... We've never considered taking... Or sending my nephew to a camp. I'm not sure if they're really that popular anymore. Who knows, man? I don't know. I'm not sure either. It's been a damn long time since I feel like I've seen space camp commercials. Because I feel like there was a while there in the 90s where it was like a big thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a a bigger deal during the space shuttle era. Right, yeah, definitely for sure when when we were actually actively going out into space. Yeah. That's what's kind of a trip to think that we stopped doing that for a while. Like we, we lost so much momentum. Super weird, right? Progress Super that we could weird. have made. Yeah, like, like what did we do that was more important? Good Destroy point. the world, <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, anyway, though, man, it's like, it's crazy. Uh, I'm glad you went to space camp though, and like maybe that's why you work at SpaceX now. Who knows? In a weird way. Who knows? You, you never joined the Air Force or anything, right? No, no, I never served in the military. No, mm-hmm. if you had the option to join the space force as an adult <laughs> now, do you think you'd jump at the op- opportunity? I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm aged out of military service at this point. I'm 38, so I, I don't, I don't know, man. I think I like think the join Coast up Guard is might still take you. No kidding. I think no, I think so. I'm, I think I'm yeah. good, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to explore that, man. So, uh, getting back to you, like, where, where'd you grow up, man? Obviously, you didn't grow up at space camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a South Bay kid. I was born in Torrance. I grew up in Torrance and Redondo Beach, cool, a little cool. bit in Lomita, so all over the all over the South Bay. Right on. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Uh, man, it was cool. Like it, it's a cool place to be from. It's pretty chill. Um, you know, everybody's pretty laid back. It's it's a nice place. The beaches are close by. It, it was a cool place to be a kid. I liked it a lot. Right on. Did you skate or surf or anything like that? Uh, not. Like some of my friends were like pretty, pretty hardcore surfers and a couple of skaters, but uh, that was sort of like a subset, like their own little community. Like I, I always had a skateboard. I learned how to surf later in life, but uh, never like. It's never your thing. Nah, like, no, no, no. Like those guys were like, like if you were a surfer in the South Bay, like you were a surfer. You know, you guys. Yeah. Those guys went out a lot. Those guys are uh, kind of territorial, I think, right? Like those are the kind of locals only vibe <laughs> type of surfers. Like when I think of uh, that type of surfer, you know, just the term locals only, I think of like Redondo, Hermosa, that area for some reason. There's a couple of breaks that have that, yeah. that, that we knew about. I mean, I don't know if there's others. Like I said, I wasn't like super into that world, but uh, there were definitely like a couple of spots that were famous for like locals only and, yeah. you know, like had legends of dudes getting beat up or whatever for surfing the wrong break but it's so weird to me man like i feel like sometimes you'll encounter that in uh areas that have comedy that also have surfing they kind (laughs) of share that mentality (laughs) try not to like implicate myself too much or (laughs) implicate anyone too uh too narrowly but yeah i feel like i've encountered that it's never made sense to me as a it's a weird attitude to hold like totally you want to claim ownership to the entire ocean that's just naturally occurring it's weird in stand-up too it, yeah. like you don't have nobody's got the corner market on, on, on jokes like, yeah dude, get like, out of my face just, just yeah. be funny yeah 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 d- and do you like yeah whatever whatever you do doesn't take away from what i want to do so who cares like exactly, fuck, chill man. out <laughs> So with that in mind, did you always want to uh, be a stand-up comedian? Did you always want to try comedy, or how'd that come about? I think it's like, for me, it was one of those things where growing up, I I always felt like I was a little funny, but I was shy. 
Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't always let that side out because I grew, I, man, it's, it's hard to explain, but I imagine that a lot of people probably feel this way. Like I wanted attention, but I didn't want to seem like I wanted attention and I, di I wasn't comfortable if people paid too much attention to me. So there was like a little like bipolar in there of like, I want your attention, but don't look at me. Um, Actually, and I didn't really know. I don't know, man. It, it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to remember, like as a kid. But I did. I definitely like remember watching comedians when I was young. It yeah. was something that we would do. My sister and I, uh, or like even the family, would sometimes sit down and watch watch comedy. So it was a. It was something that was always in my head, but uh, I don't think I really thought about it until later in life as like uh, I should try this out. Well, what was the final straw? Like, do you remember? Before starting stand-up? Yeah, like, what led you to actually <laughs> go out and do it? Because I know that, personally, like, I went to a comedy shows and clubs for a long time without even thinking that I'd ever try it before trying it. Um, me too. And I can kind of think of uh, the circumstances that kind of led me to do it. Was there anything different in your life that kind of made you realize, like, I should try this? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I even have... I have a bit that I had, I don't use as much as I used to about it too, where, uh, I mean, honestly, stand up for me, a lot of it was almost like part of a midlife crisis in a way. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I had, uh, I had told my ex-wife that, uh, I would, that I was thinking about trying stand up and, uh, <laughs> she, and I, I do use this part on stage, but she goes, why you're not funny. Oh, thank you. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so after ex-wife, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Good. After we split up, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where Careless there were a lot of things. Feelings. There were yeah, totally. There was a lot of things <laughs> where uh, like that, where I was like, well, I didn't do this, and some of it was like direct, yeah. like that was pretty direct, um, where I felt shut down, and some of it was just indirect, like oh well, I'm not going to do this because there's more important things to take care of or whatever. But I had a lot of those. A lot of those sort of moments, yeah, I went like, I went camping by myself. I took myself on a long vacation back east. Uh, I went sucks. skydiving. There was a bunch. No, it was awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All of it was awesome. <laughs> like the, the, the vacation by myself was a, it was such a rad adventure. Like, um, and it wasn't like totally alone. I, I had friends that I visited along the way. Oh, and some of it was so, like completely solo. And some of it was like, I visited my sister. I visited a friend that in Philadelphia uh, and then some of it was just solo just just rolling by myself just to kind of like be out in the world and be alone I I don't know I, I've always kind of nice liked story. that sort of thing yeah dude yeah I like that too oh, we got a little wind nice yeah. <laughs> but yeah there was a bunch of that stuff um, skydiving and I think I said that already but but yeah there was a, a bunch of those little like kind of midlife crisis-y things that I was, that I was doing, but just they were a lot of testing your like, mortality. Totally, right? <laughs> dude. It was just like, well, let me, let me show myself that I can do things for me, that they don't, I don't have to do these things. Like everything doesn't have to be geared around someone else. Yeah. Like, like it, it's cool for me to, it's cool and it's not necessarily selfish for me to take care of me, do the things. No, that not at all. Better. Yeah. And but comedy was one of those things. That's where I was going. With oh, it. my bad. <laughs> no, 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 you're cool. I just like, I was like, why was I rambling about that? Yeah, dude, like stand-up was like one of the one of the last things that... Uh, On your bucket list of things to achieve, I guess? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily like using like the bucket list term yeah. just because it sounds like, oh, let me just check this off and be done with it. Like, I'm going to get on stage and pick up a mic and kill and then walk away from comedy forever or whatever. Like, it wasn't one of those moments. Like, it was just like proving it to myself that I could go and do it. And then once that happened, you know, I, I realized, I realized like how, how good it felt, like how, how right it, it seemed to be able to get on stage, to be able to make strangers laugh, to like be out there with the people that I saw on the scene and admired on the scene and like earn their admiration as well. You know, it was yeah. a big deal for me. Where'd you do your first mic? Uh, in downtown LA, the clown house. Oh, I really? Think that was my, was that my, no, check that. I'm wrong. I went to, uh, the old NoHo uh, fourth wall. Oh, that right was on. my first mic. And then clown house was the second one. 
but I mean, I know it's cornball and people hate, like people will hate on it. But, uh, like I'm, I took, a one of those like comedy courses. That's why I was thinking of the clown house because it was at the clown house. It's all right. Uh, Wait, so you took your comedy course at the clown house? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's really, yeah. It's, uh, with Adam, Adam Barnhart. And, uh, it's one of those ones, you know, you, you go, you do it, it's six weeks or something. And then yeah. it, it culminates with, a a show in the belly room. And so like, for me, it was like, well, if I never do anything else, I'll be able to say that I performed at the comedy store. So yeah. that, that was kind of why I did it. And then along the way, you know, it kind of took something else or became something else for me. What was that like for you uh, performing at the comedy store? Did it feel incredibly nerve wracking or yeah. uh, surreal? It was a, a little way? bit of that nervous energy, you yeah. know, um, I, you know, it, like you were saying, dude, I'd been to a lot of shows. I had been going to the comedy store for a while and I'd seen, seen a lot of comics that I really loved and, and, and people, people that made me laugh perform on that stage. And so to be up there was, uh, it was pretty cool, man. Like I, it's hard to describe in, in just like a word or two, but it was a pretty great feeling. I can only imagine, man, that place is very special and unique and the history there is insane when you really look at it like there's too many stories you know to fill even just one podcast episode um (laughs) you know we and we just had earl skagel on the last episode and i can't or not last episode a couple episodes ago uh you know and i can't wait to have him come back and tell some of the stories that he has there from there one day because uh yeah, that place is crazy, man. Yeah, I so mean, it definitely. There. For for whoever in the audience that's listening, like I, <laughs> there's there's a couple levels of shows at the store. Like there there are like promoted store or there are promoted shows that are done by like independent producers, and then there's like actually being at the comedy store, like Earl. Uh, so just like not to not to presume that like just because i've shared a stage with those guys that oh, i'm that's that level of comic you know what i mean oh yeah no no that's not what i uh, meant to set up either but it's just insane just even walk through the hallways as like an aspiring comedian uh like you feel the energy there right like totally it, it's insane to think too if you go there you look at the wall and there's all these names of people that have been made paid regulars and there's so many people that have gone through such an intense journey in their own right and just to think about all the things that all these people have gone through to get their name on the wall absolutely it's insane man um so with that in mind though do you have any favorite comedians or anyone that comes to mind for as like inspiration yeah not even that you necessarily like have their same style but just people that make you want to keep growing yeah i do totally um uh, i love bill burr which is probably like a pretty played out answer <laughs> at this yeah, point dude. in the game like he's so big and and like such a such a success story but uh i really admire the way that that he goes about the business though the way that he works uh and i just like i love that style like that that rant comic right. is like my favorite thing um i i kind of try to do it sometimes on stage i don't know if it fits my persona or not but uh but i like it it makes me laugh one way or the other um so i love him i love uh i love chris rock is probably like one of my favorite might be my favorite all-time comic um guys like that but i mean i also like hannibal burris i also like kind of like the more like weird introspective absurd kind of comedy sometimes uh that's definitely not what <laughs> i'm good at at least right. like but you it's can not still be inspired to by it totally yeah. yeah like we can't all be zach galifianakis but we can all recognize why he's funny absolutely um or like mitch hedberg or whoever you know and that's one of the cool things um, about stand-up is there's huh. just like there's so many ways to do it they really are yeah comedy in general like uh i remember reading somewhere that a joke was anything that made anybody laugh you know and as abstract as that is uh it kind of does fit that definition right because yeah. a prank is a joke a joke is a joke uh, a written essay can be a joke a satirical essay can be a joke <laughs> it, it's funny humor takes on many forms I think I'm realizing in my own style recently that, like, I want to strive to just be funny above all else. Like, I think in my mind there's a while where I was, like, thinking, like, I need to carry a message. But not necessarily. Sometimes being funny and being able to just be funny is the more important skill, and I feel like everything else will 
coming time. Dude, absolutely. But, um, is there anything that you want to create or do with your comedy? Like, did you, did you ever want to aspire to have, like, your own show or sell out Madison Square Garden? <laughs> or is it just something that you've kind of come to do because you wanted to prove to yourself and kind of see where it leads? So it's kind of a, I don't know, there's a little bit of, like, two sides of the same coin thing. Like, on the one hand... I've started to recognize and like you and I have had personal conversations about this along the way, but I've started to realize that I'm definitely like a, a love of the game guy. Like I've had to kind of step back. Like when I started, I had these like big dreams. Like I, I guess we all do, you know, of like, I'd like, I'd love to have my name on the wall at the store. I'd love to be able to perform in any club i'd love to be able to tour i'd love to be able to be a working comic and not have to have a day job and i'd love that you know but at the same time there's also something to be said for like for being a comic who just it doesn't matter like it's not about making like making it is about making your comedy like making it should be making comedy not getting famous not making money like when I don't know, man. It's like I've had to come to terms with like what I really want to be is a love of the game guy. Yeah. Like, and if success comes with that, then fantastic. You know, like that's, that would be awesome. Like I'd be elated. I'd be on cloud nine, but if I never, if I never make another dime from comedy, I'm not going to stop doing comedy. You know, like it, yeah. it makes me happy. I'm not going to, I'm doing it cause I love it. Not cause I think this is this is a way for me to have any have a profitable career. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to explain that to some people that like like I've explained to coworkers like my journey, especially early on into comedy at the beginning, like you're really proving yourself and like cutting your teeth, mm-hmm. trying to fit in and just not feel weird everywhere and like <laughs> uh I've told people these stories of like humiliation that are pretty common you know like i feel like we all go through these weird humiliating moments not that like it's a bad journey in total but like you got to go through embarrassing stuff and weird stuff and to explain to this person that you know has never gone for their dreams why you're willing to go out there and be crazy and risk it all uh for really no money most of the time and uh very little recognition most of the time it's kind of a baffling thing but like I get it, man. Because yeah, like it, at a certain point, it becomes a almost a therapeutic exercise to engage and create some sort of comedy, right? And I think there's something to be said for just doing something that inspires you. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, like in my personal life, like some of it might be circumstantial or what have you, but I mean, like I remember talking to coworkers and like having nights where I'd be out at shows in the middle of the week. And then not being home until like 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning and then turn around. I go to work at 5 a.m. Sometimes I go to work at 4 a.m., you know, mm-hmm. turn around, sleep for two or three hours, get up, go back to work. And uh, them being like, dude, you're nuts. What are you doing? Like that you got to sleep. But I was so hyped up that like. Yeah. And that, you like, don't want to miss from, it. Right. right yeah. yeah. It, it was like, here's an opportunity to do <laughs> this thing that you love. Like, why would you miss that? Why would you turn that down like there's always going to be another day at work you know but i i think a lot of us probably feel that way like i i know there's another day at work like if that was wednesday there's thursday and right, <laughs> friday yeah. like i might never get asked to do another show again like i that's probably not going to happen but i might never get asked to do another show there is always that fear though in your mind right yeah. especially now with like everything on an indefinite hold yeah uh, when it comes back like they're not going to want all of us little guys <laughs> necessarily so we're going to have to keep creating our own opportunities which is fine well i mean we produce um, shows it's yeah not, exactly yeah. it's nothing new yeah um but at the same time it's kind of crazy that there's like literally nowhere doing it right now yeah with it with the exception of a handful of spots that are doing it which are i don't know i don't know if that's good i don't know if that's bad if it works for them great <laughs> i mean that's the funny thing about right uh, now is like even as much as we're talking about this and as much as i'm saying like doing stand-up gives me life and inspires me to do the rest of my life better yeah i don't think i want to be out 
I, I you know, like I Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> go like have a, a speakeasy and be like the one person that dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, you know, like I don't feel like that would be my personal luck. I'd be the one person that died <laughs> of, at this show where everybody was having a fantastic time. Totally. You know, after like this entire time of avoiding it, just the one time you go out. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't love it enough to like go risk it right now either. Like I can wait. I mean, I've seen some people doing like outdoor shows and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And that, that might cool. work. That yeah. might work. I could be down, but like going back into like going back into some stuffy bar with the doors closed and shit. Yeah, I'm not sure, dude. <laughs> it didn't seem that safe when there was no COVID. It right. doesn't seem that safe <laughs> where there is. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what to tell you. We've definitely performed in some sketchy bars. <laughs> We've definitely performed in some sketchy bars. In fact, you have, do any funny sketchy bar moments or sketchy show moments come to mind? Do you have any funny stories? Just weird people that talk to you. Like like what? Oh, man. <laughs> you do meet some interesting people. Like, I remember talking to Ernesto Ledesma, and we talked about uh, this guy that we met that told us he was like a former CIA intelligence officer. Oh, awesome. And that he had like <laughs> flown in by helicopter to Area 51. And that same night we met this like old guy that dressed like a priest that sold Viagra and just oh, sketchy I... and weird. <laughs> Comedy is a weird journey. You, you meet all kinds of people. <laughs> Were you in the high desert for... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. It took about three hours to get there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... Yeah, exactly. You I know, know who you're talking about. Dude, right now. No offense. <laughs> it was a fun show, but uh, it's uh, there's some weird people at that bar. <laughs> Great show. Interesting people for sure. Oh, that was yeah. the only time. I don't even know if we brought it up on the podcast with Ernesto, but this is the only time I met people that were openly pro-drunk driving. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I looked around me, though. I'm like, yeah, we're at a bar in the high desert. Yeah. That makes that we're checks out. Hit some tumbleweeds on that the way home. That's about it. <laughs> I guess. Maybe a method. Uh, who am I to challenge your culture? I'm the outsider, right? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, do, do any we- particularly weird people come to your to mind when, you, when I mention that? Oh, man. I'm trying to think if there was, like, somebody who had, like, an oddball story like that. I don't think I've had anything that trippy. Just sort of, like... You know, weird moments walking down the street in, in Hollywood or <laughs> or other bars along the way that it may not be in L.A. <laughs> but nothing, uh, nothing crazy, crazy like that. But, you know, you just put yourself in these weird situations for the love of the game, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, where, where's your favorite place to perform so far? Do you uh, have, like, a favorite show? There's definitely something magic to, like we were talking about, like performing at performing at the clubs be at the store or yeah, well that's, that's not true. the only club i've ever performed at um you ever perform at the haha uh no just the open mic i mean i've been on the main stage at the haha but okay. not on like a show just the mic um that's a that's a cool it's a good room it is a cool room it's, a <laughs> it's an underutilized room i feel like totally yeah, like it's it's well built for comedy definitely uh you should talk to ali he i think he does a show there well Again, <laughs> whenever did a show a there. Yeah. yeah, whenever comedy comes back. Uh, Ali Malik, shout out. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, me and yeah. Paul have our room at, at Lincoln House that you That's performed at. That's a beautiful at. room. That's a fun room. That's a really good and room. And when that room is full and that room is hot, it, it, it's it's those laughs roll through there as, as well as any club I've ever been in. Dude, that was a very cool thing to witness, watching you guys start that room from nothing and build it into a legitimate show. Um like what what was that like the entire time like you've never produced anything prior to that show right yeah which was part of the reason why uh when paul and i started talking about it it was sort of a tag team effort yeah Uh, paul has a lot of good connections so uh we just sat down we sat down and we started thinking up like lists of of dream gets we could get so we had like we like tiered it out i'm not gonna say who was on which tiers but we had like this is a top tier of like people we probably can't get but we can try here's a second tier of people we can probably get but they might cost us a lot of money and here's right. a next tier of like people we can for sure get and we can probably afford and so we <laughs> we started checking off the lists of like the people we could get but i mean it's pretty amazing you know um if you just try you'd be surprised what it's you can insane pull off, right? yeah. yeah i mean like I know you had you had Rodrigo on this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah I had Rodrigo on here. Rodrigo Torres, shout out. Shout out Rodrigo. Yeah, he yeah, headlined the show for us at uh Oh yeah, man, yeah. Um 
The What's Up Fool podcast. Yeah, that's you. Shout out Felipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, like he needs them. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, but yeah, dude, we had Rodrigo. We had uh, we had Jamal and Toby from uh, Dope Dealers podcast. We had uh, we had Dean Delray. Dude, yeah. yeah, and it's awesome. Like you go into this place, and I don't think that they, did they even have live music there before? Yeah, dude, they were like okay. they had like blues and jazz and stuff like that. But definitely no comedy, right? No, they'd never had comedy before. It just seems like such a perfect room for comedy, man. And it even it has really the brick wall back there. Yeah, dude. like <laughs> it's like it, it's set up for it. And it's just, I don't understand why it's the Lincoln House still. Like, <laughs> it, there is a beautiful portrait of Abraham Lincoln in like technicolor yeah. for some reason <laughs> um but it is a beautiful restaurant if you guys are ever in covina right oh yeah uh check it out but yeah man um so as growing as a producer and growing the show has that made you ever think about wanting to do that professionally or maybe even open a club down the line i mean that would be really cool i i have thought a little bit about you know when when things come back yeah. I imagine there's going to be venues that close and stuff like that, which is going to suck. Yeah. But it's going to kind of leave an opening for, for those of us who are still willing to grind it out, who are still willing to hustle and try to drum it up and do it right, you know? Right. So I, I've given it a little thought, but, you know, nothing more than just sort of like passing fantasies. But I feel, yeah. it would be really cool. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, uh, I've just bought this house. So I'm not sure that I've got a lot of like spare revenue lying around to start. You never start know, something dude. Like that. You, you can roll know. it into a, an agreement. You never roll know. The dice, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. No. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see this next year or three or five or who, who knows. knows? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what's the world going to look like when it stops spinning essentially? Everything's uh, so weird right now. I know. I'm hoping that like, housing will go down but i'm surprised like even now they say like 33 percent of like L- of los angeles is moving out but rent pretty much saying the same yeah like they don't give a fuck at all no <laughs> not at all yeah like uh lisa Ott had mentioned this and like i looked into it because i was like oh might be a good time to look at housing prices nope unaffected he moved, didn't he? Or is he moving? Something like uh, that. I think he might. I'm not sure. Shout out Lee. Shout out to Lee. He's <laughs> an awesome, guy. <laughs> nice guy. Yeah, seriously. Remember performing with him in Santa Ana? Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember we were leaving, and he'd asked me, like, as we were walking toward the parking garage, like, is this a bad area? And I was like, <laughs> it's gentrified now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lee's done yeah. Lincoln House, too. Yeah. Oh, no, he did... Uh, yeah, he has done Lincoln House, but the, what I was talking about was no, the I, yeah, yeah, the one at uh, McFadden. McFadden Marketplace, yeah. Yeah, that was one. I, I that was another too. one I filled in for for Paul. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun that night. That was a nice. That was a fun night. A little weird, little mixed mic on that patio, but always a good time. Superman, I miss comedy so much. Fuck, me can't too, like, can't stress that enough. Like, <sighs> I, I took for granted all these strange places you can just pop up and do time at. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's a weird concept, too, that you can just show up and there's these, like, interesting backgrounds set up for you to come and, like, shout your madness at a random group of people. Right yeah, now. dude. And that people are receptive to that. Yeah. That they're like, hey, sometimes they you enjoy got some it. weird shit to say? Like, come and say it here? Yeah, exactly. Please and thank you, you know? I know, dude. Did you hear about uh, House of Pong? Shout out to Angel oh, Hara. Oh, yeah. And Calvin. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess House of Pong is gone forever, though. They closed the they're restaurant or something? It, oh, okay. So the original location's closing, but apparently they're coming back with something stronger. Oh, that'd be cool. Hopefully they yeah. hopefully they get it back. And that, that show's fun. I got to admit, yeah, like it was not the most perfect circumstances at all. Um, but it was like one of my favorite places to go do do time. Absolutely, dude. It's like, like it's one of those spots that's definitely not set up. It's not a club. It's not, not, at not all. a club at all. There's, <laughs> no, there's no stage. It's You're performing sh- in an L-shaped corner of a yeah, room behind like, like two pillars. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible to perform in from like a logistical standpoint, but the vibe, right? d- dude. Nothing but love in that room. The yeah. bartenders were about it. Calvin was about it. Angel is a, another, like, for the love of the game type of comic. Yeah. Like, she's dope. The comics who go there. like Everybody what, in there is kind of a for love that, of the game. Totally. Like, that's a for love of the game spot. Because that show didn't even right? start until, like, 10, and it's out in Claremont. I know. And it went from, like, 10 to, like, 1 sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like, 
But yeah, dude, that was so much fun just surprising these random people trying to <laughs> eat whatever it is that you would call that, like fusion. Yeah, okay. whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get burgers or like pad thai, you know, whatever. <laughs> I remember seeing some calamari once yeah, or twice. <laughs> like, yeah. It was really good food too, though. Oh, yeah. Give them that. Um, yeah, I, I always had so much fun just showing up there and like seeing like a family that had no idea there was comedy <laughs> being set up. Watching people bring in like giant speaker, mixer oh, yeah. board, mic stand, <laughs> mic, what's going on? <laughs> and then like all comics, our crazy asses. <laughs> comics walking in smelling like weed and cigarettes yeah, exactly. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> These people sad or angry, I can't tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to the old house of Pong. I will miss that place. Uh, you won't be the only one, buddy. Yeah. But... So, do you have any hobbies that are keeping you busy now that we don't have comedy? Oh, do you do anything dear. else? Hiking or... <laughs> I mean, you just got the house. I, I'm sorry. Like, that, I imagine that's that takes a lot of time to, like, get a house yeah. together the way you want it. Yeah, it does. Uh, I just planted Very a tree. That, that sad-looking little tree over there, I planted that today. Uh, nice. Uh, shout, out, shout out to my avocado tree. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so you you normally I play. I normally I play sports and stuff. Uh, I could play softball, yeah. and uh, I was playing hockey for a little while. But there's no such thing as sports anymore either. Um, all the rec sports have been canceled for I don't even know how long. But oh, uh, yeah, man. I was so busted. My I was uh, I kind of like retired myself from hockey. I separated my shoulder Ooh. right before lockdown, dude. I it was the end of January. Ice hockey, or yeah, okay. ice hockey. I was skating for a loose puck. Couple of I was playing defense. Couple of offensive skaters were chasing me down. The puck went into the corner, slowed down. I overskated it. Just took a tumble, fell right mm. into the wall, and bam, popped my shoulder out. And then uh, was kind of wow. out of commission, dude, for <laughs> for a few weeks. And then uh, right about when I was starting to get healthy enough to maybe start back doing anything, and the the whole lockdown started. So. There's not been any sports since I injured myself. Yeah, dude, it's it's a terrible time right now. There's not a whole lot of escaping uh, from the COVID, unfortunately. Yeah. Not much you can do. You can go hiking still. I guess if you want to be adventurous, you can go out there and, like, surf and stuff. Although I've heard conflicting information <laughs> about whether or not you get it from the ocean. Oh, for real? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's unfortunate, and that, that sucks, man. Yeah, like, did you have to give surgery or anything? No, luckily they, I didn't want it. I mean, yeah. the, so you just popped it back in place? No, they don't even do it. I don't know if, well, this is going to be great podcasting, but I don't know if you can see, but, like, that's my, my Oh, yeah, there's bone. a very visible oh, bump yeah. between his, sh- where his shoulder and deltoid <laughs> should not have any connection. Yep. <laughs> so my, uh, it's a, I learned a thing when I hurt myself at, a separated shoulder and a dislocated shoulder are two different injuries, which uh. I had no idea. The dislocation is when your arm pops out of socket and they pop that one back in. A separated shoulder is when your, your shoulder blade and your collarbone separate and they don't pop that one back in unless it's super extreme and they'll do surgery. But mine was like right on the verge of being like a need surgery repair. And, uh, but the, the doc suggested just healing it up, doing physical therapy, It'll always look ugly like this, but it's, I mean, it's pretty normal. I get some pains now and then, but nothing, nothing terrible. That's but great medicine. Happened, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they doped me up. I couldn't yeah. go to work for a couple of weeks. They doped me up and sent me to physical therapy. So you feel better now? A lot. Yeah, dude, That's I can, good. I can move it around again and I don't really feel it most of the time, but every once in a while, like if I sleep on my, my right side or something, sometimes I wake up a little stiff. Dude, physical therapists can really work some miracles sometimes. It's like, crazy. <laughs> super highly undervalued in terms of like societal impact that we, I feel like we look up to like doctors and cops and like nurses and stuff like that but not as much praise as there should be for physical therapists so yeah shout out to the physical therapists out there <laughs> um so is there anything else that you think you would have liked to do other than what you're currently doing man like working for spacex oh, during man. the day doing the comedy dream at night and <laughs> waiting for covid to die down right dude i've lived a lot of lives i mean uh i've worked a lot of jobs um you ever work for a pizza place? 
No, I, I worked at Ralph's though. Uh, <laughs> I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a Starbucks. Uh, I mean, there was a, a moment in my life like uh, I grew up like I grew up really, really Catholic. And uh, I, I even like went so far as to like I lived for six months in a religious uh, in a religious order. Oh, so wow. it was like, is that like a priesthood thing? Or? Uh, I mean, it was potentially going that way. So you thought about becoming a priest? At yeah, one dude, I was pretty Catholic. That's crazy. Yeah. How old were you when uh, this was going down? 23, 24. Wow. How did this not come up already? <laughs> and like what, uh, just one day you decided this isn't the life I want to lead? Or? Um, I mean, I was really in it, you know, really, really in it. And I felt called to it in a big way. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I went off. I went off exploring my vocation. I lived with a group of Franciscan friars up in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and those are like monks that live in San Francisco? Yeah, monks is kind of like a weird word. Uh, Franciscans use the word friar, which is just like okay. an old word for brother. But like if you think of like Friar Tuck, like okay. that kind of like those robes and stuff like that, that's kind of what they, they wear. Um, but it's not like they weren't like up on a mountain or something like that. Like they were just in Berkeley, uh, <laughs> in, a, in a, in a house. Like we had a, an old apartment building, like one of those old, old, like 1920s apartment buildings. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of opened, they opened it all up. Cool. So there were like rooms on the different floors and stuff and, uh, just lived there. But it was one of those things, man, after a few months I started to feel like I was living with like 10 other dudes in this like community, I guess. And, uh, I just couldn't shake the feeling of loneliness. So I was like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I stuck it out feeling that way for a while. And, um, just felt like, well, if this is the way I'm feeling, this probably isn't the right place for me to be. Did they say like, that's a normal thing or, I mean, I talked, uh, I talked a lot about it with, uh, like when you're, when you're doing something like that, like you usually are working with what they call a, a spiritual director, mm-hmm. uh, who was one of the other, one of the friars that was at like another location that I was pretty close with and uh, I was talking to him about it a lot. And, um, it was like when I made the decision to go home, he's like, he's like, yeah, I, like I kind of had the feeling like I, he's like, I was hoping that maybe you'd come to the decision. You didn't, that that wasn't what you wanted, but he's like, I had a feeling about two months ago that you were going to end up going home. So he didn't bother to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I no. mean, I think he was kind of a, kind of like a, a hands-off sort of dude. Like he would yeah. kind of give me advice when I directly asked for it, but he kind of liked to stand back and let see where you get guide yourself. Or exactly. That's cool, man. That's a bit, that would have been a very different, uh, well, maybe not. I mean, <laughs> Sam Kinison was apparently a, a reverend a preacher, or something. Yeah. yeah. A preacher before he became a comedian. I feel like there's That's like a few of those things. Like it's like, there there's like ministers, there's lawyers, there's like a handful of things where you see these people pop up over and over again. Right. There are definitely parallels in mm-hmm. their lives that like can be and skills that can be applied to the other trade. But you never th- regret that or look back on that. No. I mean, at this point, like that feels like definitely a right decision. I, I yeah. question a lot of my choices, but that one I'm like, nah, nah I made the right <laughs> choice. that was absolutely <laughs> the right choice. It's funny, man. All right. Well, we're going to start winding down. Um, before we get going, uh, I always like to ask people this weird question that always seems to throw them. Uh, <laughs> but if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, like some sort of bit of wisdom to help your younger self through life, uh, does anything come to mind? I mean, I, I think, like, not only with comedy, but just with life, dude. Like, I am such an overthinker and such like a second guesser. I think I would just tell myself just to not be afraid, which is odd. Cause I just told this story about like discerning my religious vocation. And here I am like, that's essentially <laughs> like, that's a quote from scripture. Jesus tells his disciples, do not be afraid. But like that, I was just always so nervous of making mistakes. And uh, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, dude, like, I've learned so much from my mistakes and I've grown so much from my mistakes that I just wish I could go back like 20 years ago and tell like a teenage me, don't worry, like fuck up, you know, like 
it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Just do the things that you're afraid of doing. It's all right. Like, don't be stupid. Don't be reckless, but don't be afraid. There any things that you want to absolutely get done before you're too old to get them done? (laughs) I mean, here and there I come up with something, but more or less at this point, man, like I want to keep making comedy. I want to, I want to just grow, you know, like, I don't know what that looks like, how that goes down from here. Like, I I don't always know what my life looks like. I'm not like really great at visualizing my future, which maybe I should probably work on. I don't know. People say it's important, but, uh, I mean, if whatever's important to you is the only thing that matters. I think so too, dude. I mean, like I keep, uh, I just keep trying to do the things that I like. Like now that I've gotten older, a little more confident, a little more, I don't know, maybe like rigid, like, like, I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do. Like, you know, obviously like nobody really wants to go to work every day, but I, I do that cause it gets me where I want to go, you know? Right. There's and, compromises uh, to be made, but yeah, for sure, dude. Like, I just want to keep making cool stuff. Like whatever <laughs> it looks like, I yeah. just, like, just keep moving forward. I just want to keep growing. Yeah, yeah, dude. And if there was any bit of advice that you can give to the world at large that might help them in their journey, does anything come to mind? Fucking don't be a dick. Like there's... Oh, (laughs) dude, that's a big one. There's so many people Such an important one, yeah. I feel like wherever you lie in like our cultural spectrum or political leanings or whatever, like if you're on the left, if you're on the right, like you might have a point. But if you're being an asshole, nobody's going to care. Yeah. No, plain and simple. Politics aside, don't be a dick to people. <laughs> don't be a dick, and they won't be a dick back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, is it, before we get going, is there any uh, closing words, favorite quotes, places, anything you want to promote? Oh, man. I don't... Fuck. I mean... Books, maybe. Follow yeah. me on Instagram, I guess. Like, I haven't been posting much of anything, but uh, it's just Jeff underscore Terman. Um, but I haven't been big on social media. Social media has been kind of a thing for me right now, like... I've been trying to step back from it a little bit. Uh, It's just been such a distraction. Like I feel like there's, I feel like I haven't had a lot to add to the conversation. And before the shutdown, I was kind of using it as mostly a promotional tool and like there's no shows to promote right now and uh, whatever. But occasionally I sneak on there and say something. (laughs) So, you know, if you want to catch those things, then you can check me out on Instagram. That's usually (laughs) where I'll be if I'm going to do anything on social media. But, uh, yeah, dude, I don't have a lot to promo right now. I'm just trying to make my way through this pandemic world with the rest of us. And dude, uh, it's all that matters. It's absolutely. All right, man. Well, before we get going, too, I always have everybody uh, finish by recommending a song that is somewhat meaningful to them, near and dear to them. Uh, what What do you got, man? Is yeah. there any song that in your lifetime that has meant a lot to you that people should go check out? I'm so glad that I thought about this before you came over. <laughs> Me too, like man, because I forgot to mention it. And <laughs> Lucky for you, I'm yeah. like the I'm I'm the guy that's listened to all of your episodes. So yeah, oh, that's true. And you know, I want to say thank you so much, dude, for being so helpful and encouraging uh, this entire way. Dude, that's what the I mean. That's what this is about, dude. I mean, for 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 us like for the the grinders the hustlers the love of the game guys like we've got to support each other I and if we're so, not man. man then we're doing something wrong like because yeah, even no though like not to. Dude, i mean stand-up is such an individual game but at the same time like, you don't go anywhere with without your community like we have to support each other because it starts and ends with us you know um but yeah dude of course i, I i've always admired your your hustle and uh oh, thanks dude you, like you really it's very apparent to me watching from at first from afar and then like over over time like as buddies like it's very apparent to me like that it's super important to you to put out quality material and uh and thanks, to do dude. your thing and it means it means a lot man like i i appreciate that i appreciate your friendship and i appreciate your hustle man so i'm, I'm happy to do it i'm happy to i'm happy that i get to be one of the people that that uh you trust to to look at your stuff and help you edit and be a part of the process for you you know shit dude (laughs) (laughs) i'm a sentimental fuck right now bro (laughs) but uh note right yeah (laughs) anything by tom petty of course thank you no 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 man like you know it you know it like we're 
we're all in this thing together, dude. So I'm, I'm always happy to support in whatever way I can. I'm, I'm glad that I, that gets to be a little bit of a more active role in this friendship. So it's a, uh, it's cool. Um, it's an honor, man. Um, I appreciate every bit of input you've ever given me, man. But I, I'm sorry. No, you're so cool. I started Tom to move past that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. yeah, dude. Anything yeah. by Tom Petty. Tom Petty's been like, uh, like a massive thing for me. Like I always. Did you grow up listening to a lot of Tom Petty? Or? No, that's the thing. Is like I grew up kind of just like liking him, hearing him on the radio or whatever. And then, uh, particularly like there was, there's an, uh, there's two albums. There's an album called uh, Highway Companion which is just by Tom Petty as like a solo artist. And there's an album called Echo, which is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Not like the more famous ones, but they're a little sad. They're like breakup records. They really helped me get through my divorce. Um, is there any one track? Dude, I'm going to go. Well, I, I had to shout out Tom Petty just because he means that much to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big ups to heaven, Tom Petty. Uh, <laughs> but I think for me, one of the tracks that I love to listen to now is by a dude named Tyler Childers. Um, which I never listened to country music before. He's okay. a country artist. And uh, that track... not where I thought you were going to go. Dude, I know. Yeah. It's not like... It's definitely not my normal. It doesn't suit me. Like, I'm still like very much a South Bay kid. Like, you can tell that's my style. That's kind of like the way I talk. But, uh, yeah, dude, Tyler Childers, there's a song called Shake the Frost, which is uh, really, really moving. It's a little bit of like a, a slow down thing, but it's a very meaningful song to me. All right, man. We'll shake the frost by Tyler Childers. What is it, Tyler Childers? That's it. You heard it here first, man. That's going to be a great song <laughs> in your future. Look it up today. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Congratulations on the house uh, and on SpaceX launch going successful. <laughs> thank you, Danny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, dude. Yeah, seriously, thank you just for being an awesome guy in this game. Uh, definitely, definitely a pleasure getting to know you more and more. And I hope that whenever comedy comes back, we get to be on the stage again real soon. Dude, when, when comedy comes back, we'll be on the same stage again soon. I have a feeling we will have to be on the same <laughs> stage soon or we will not be on the stage. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's so oh be yeah. it, dude. So be it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. And everybody out there, cross your fingers that we can come up with a cure and a better plan and a way to get comedy... Uh, Back into the limelight, I guess. Wear a fucking mask. And wear a mask, man. Don't be an asshole. Again, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't you know, be a again, dick. Like if, if you can just prevent the accidental transmission by wearing a mask, not to turn this into a political thing, and it isn't a political thing. No, it's a science it's thing. It's science. Yeah, like, just, just wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Just be cool about it. Yeah. Anyway, from uh, Pomona, California, my name is Danny Frank, and this is Jeff Terman. This is Danny Franks, Walks of Life.